Hi, good day. Forgive me. I I forgot to turn on and to unmute my my microphone. You see, I was so excited to start. Well, good day, family. As is a family, friends, and our brothers and sisters from all different churches. I'm Pastor Bong Saking of CCF. I'm one of the pastors here. And I'm here to share with you something that hopefully will help us all to be confident in facing our present challenges. You see, coronavirus brought us so much fear to so many people. And, and I think before I proceed, let me just share with you about a guy from childhood who was always afraid of someone under his bed at night. And this is what he said. So I went to a psychiatrist and told him, I got problems. Every time I go to bed, there's somebody under it. I'm scared. And I think I'm going crazy. Then the, the doctor said, just put yourself in my hands for one year. Come talk to me three times a week and we should be able to get rid of those fears. How much do you charge? Oh, $80 per visit, replied the doctor. Oh, I'll sleep on it. And if I needed, I will come back to you, I said. Six months later, the psychiatrist met me in the street. Oh, why did you come to see me about those fears you were having, he asked. Well, 80 bucks a visit three times a week for a year is an awful lot of money. And a bartender cured me for $10. I was so happy to have saved all that money that I went and brought me a new SUV. Is that so? With a bit of an attitude, he said, and how may I ask, did a bartender cure you? He told me to cut the legs of the bed and ain't nobody under there now. You see, friends, sometimes we create a mountain out of our mole hill. Now, not, now, I'm not discounting the danger of coronavirus, but I could also see that indeed, it created so much fear to so many people. Fear of the coronavirus is very paralyzing. Uh, cause, and, and perhaps to some, it causes them to do very reactionary actions like panic buying. And for some, they just panic because they had nothing to buy. And I remember there was even a mother who got, got he really got panicky. He, she bought a lot of things for her children, a lot of food, but so she left everything she bought at home and before we, she went back to, to work. And upon arriving home, she was very surprised. The children panicked in eating as in they ate everything she bought. And it was just consumed in a day. You see, sa maraming tao, there are different reactions because of fear. In fact, I just heard that some leaders are even parang nakikipagkarera pa sila sa mga may sakit. No? Yung mga talaga. Kaya iba... Sorry to say, na, na misan, because of our fear, misan din na tayo nakakaisip ng masama. And it creates confusion. Now, in the midst of what we are going through some, nowadays, many are asking, how long will this last? You see, such question is beyond our control. But I think the better question that we should ask ourselves is, how long will we last? How long will I last? You see, Warren Worsby wrote this in one of his books. Crisis does not make a man. But it shows a man what, it shows what man is made of. You see, our perspective in life reflects the kind of person we are. It reflects our mindset, 
our heart's condition, our beliefs, or even our object of faith. We can even hear people saying that we are perhaps we displeased God. That's why these things are happening to us. So how are we to please Him again? How? By I think maybe some would say by following the Ten Commandments, by promising that we will not miss Sunday gatherings again, or by promising to give our tithes and offerings. So they're good things, but that doesn't please God. You see, the writer of Hebrews beautifully said this. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. You see, for he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who seek Him. It is not what we can do, but it is really emphasizing the fact that we need to, to believe and to really have faith in God to please Him. But the question is, what is faith? Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for according to the same author of that letter to Hebrews, and for the conviction of things not sin. In the New Century Version, it was translated this way. Faith means being sure of the things we hope for and knowing that something is real even if we do not see it. To some of us, it reveals somehow, the, uh, reveals our limitation, our the, the, the shortness of life, then all of a sudden it dawned on us as if there is someone greater whom, whom we can ask to help us. You see, even in the issue of creation, for example, this is how faith works. In the same letter, if you read further in verse 3, it is by faith we understand that the whole world was made by God's command so that we see what's made by something that cannot be seen. You see, there's a call of really understanding that there's someone greater, someone who created us. Though we cannot see him, we are convinced that he is. Now, why is this important? Because what you are fearing about is a reflection of your faith. And faith and fear, are they really contrary to each other? Now, before I discuss that, let me first ask you more questions. Why are you, or what are you afraid of? Why are some people so confident and not afraid? I heard this when I was younger, that the less you know, the less fearful you are. Look at the kids. They don't know much. That is why they care less. Now, some people are seemingly confident because of their ignorance. For example, as you can see, when you go to the grocery now, nowadays, before coming in, they practice this uh, social distancing. But once you are to get out, they would forget everything about this. Because some, they think that they are strong enough to catch the virus. They ignore the call for such action. They ignore the call of our leadership for social distancing. This probably because of a lack of consideration of the bigger picture. You may have no symptoms, but you can be a carrier and imagine the possibility of being a channel of death to someone else. So out of their ignorance, they are just ignoring that. However, there are some who are worse because they think that they can beat the virus by just drinking alcohol. Then they will die not from the virus, but from intoxication or other condition brought about by drinking. In other words, false confidence is not faith. 
It is a fake faith. But what makes people afraid? One, perhaps we are bombarded with so much information, both true and false information. So people get confused and they threaten themselves. Another possibility is lack of preparation. When I was still in school, I got scared whenever I, have, I was unprepared for any exams. Similarly, most of us are unprepared for storms. Then some are afraid because of traumatic experiences in the past, which may lead many people to develop different types of phobias. Well, I cannot be exhaustive in discussing what makes us afraid, but one thing we know is that fear as an object to make us afraid. This is also true with faith. It is not just faith, but the object of faith. So it is faith in, for example, blank and the fear of blank. Now, if we have faith in God, and we should also have fear of God. The major reason is, if not the sole reason of our fear actually, is our inability to end to the to see the end of the journey if you knew from the very beginning that the ending is victory it is your victory your celebration perhaps you have nothing to be afraid of now just to to drive out the point there was once a criminal and he was sent to the king for his punishment and the king told him he had a choice of two punishments he could be hung by a rope or take what's behind the big, dark, scary, mysterious iron door. The criminal quickly decided on the rope. As the noose was being slipped on him, he turned to the king and asked, by the way, out of curiosity, what's behind that door? The king laughed and said, you know, it's funny. I offer everyone the same choice and nearly everyone picks the rope. So said the criminal, tell me what's behind the door. I mean, Obviously, I won't tell anyone. You see, I, he was pointing to the noose around his neck. And the king posed and then answered, freedom. But it seems most people are so afraid of the unknown that they immediately take the rope. It's very sad. You see, so what's the point? So here's what, here's what I want us to realize. The object of our fear is always consistent with the object of our faith. May I suggest, place your faith in the one who knows the beginning and the end, so that you would fear him and nothing else. If our faith is in the God who created the heavens and the earth, the God who is the Alpha and the Omega, then we are to fear him 100% so that there is no amount left to fear anything else. You see, if we fear God 99%, that 1% will be a fear for something else. This is why when we doubt God, for sure, we will be afraid of other things. This is why God is telling us, in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, don't be afraid of people who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Look at the words. The only one you should fear is the one who can destroy the soul and the body in hell. When we have in God, we should 
we, we should fear him. If we have faith in God, we should fear him. This means that we revere him. We do what he tells us to do. We care not for what people will say. We seek his approval, than man's approval. So in other words, if we have faith in God, we, we fear him. So we take his words seriously. Words like, be courageous. Don't worry. But oftentimes, we, what, what, you, but you know what? But what? Is that thing that you are afraid of greater than your God? Or, and when God says, be generous, but, but you see, but, but what? Is he not faithful in providing? And when God tells you, be forgiving, you see, but, but, but what? Is he not the God of justice? Sometimes what we, are, what we are afraid about is actually the same thing. It's the lack of faith that we have in God. If we have faith in God, we should fear him also. Otherwise, our faith in him is questionable. Let me share with you a story in history written by Matthew. You see, when Jesus got into the boat in Matthew chapter 8, his disciples followed him. And there, behold, there arose a great storm on the sea so that the boat was being covered with the waves. And but Jesus himself was asleep. And they came to him and woke him saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, why are you afraid? Look at the words. Why are you afraid? You men of little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the sea, and it became perfectly calm. The men were amazed and said, what kind of man is this? That even the winds and the sea obey him. You see, friends, the disciples were at the, at the middle of the storms and the sea. And the Lord rebuked them saying, why are you afraid? Look at the words. There is a fear because they are not believing God fully. They do not trust Jesus fully. That's why they have fear of something else. Their reverence, their fear of God is not 100%. So some percentage went to the storm. If, your doubt, if you doubt your object of faith, you will surely be afraid of something else. So what do you need to be fearless? Know the object of your faith more. If your faith is in God, know him more so that you will trust him more, so that your fear will be for him alone, so that no fears will be left for anything else anymore. You see, Tiff Gustafsson wrote this. When I was young, my dad would care us by hiding in the bush, growling like a lion. And even though we live in a rural Ghana in the 1960s, it was almost impossible that a lion lurked nearby. So my brother and I would laugh and seek out the source of the noise, thrill the playtime with dad that arrived. You see, because of their familiarity with the voice of, the, of their dad, every time that they would, dad would try to scare them by growling like a lion, they get excited. Imagine, instead of getting scared, they get excited. Why? They, because they're so familiar with the voice of their dad. Then one day, a young friend came for a visit, and as we played, we heard the familiar growl. Our friends scream and run. My brother and I knew the sound of my father's voice. Any danger was merely a phantom lion. But a funny thing happened. We ran with her. My dad felt terrible that our friend had been frightened. 
And my brother and I learn not to be influenced by the panic reaction of others. This is why most Christians sometimes we also grow along with the, we, we run with people who are afraid. We panic with the people who are panicking. We should not. If you are familiar with the voice of your father, if you knew that that voice is not really that scary because he is, it's a voice that we trust, it's a voice that we know, then we should not be afraid because our trust is in him and our fear is in him. So when you are afraid of anything other than God, then do as what the psalmist said. In Psalm 56 verse 3, he said, When I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. You see, as, I, as we put our trust in God, then we will only fear him. If we only fear him, our fear on anything else drops to zero. Now, is your confidence brought by your ignorance or faith in God? Is there anything in your life that you know you are not prepared? Now, you may not know what will happen next, but why don't you come to the one who knows the beginning and the end? He does not only know. He is in control of the whole story. He can make you prepared. He will satisfy what you lacked. And this wonderful part of it all, he invites you to come to him. Come to those who are tired and heavily laden and I will give you rest. That this is invitation. But look at this. Are you tired of being afraid? Are you tired of living hit and miss? Are you tired of thinking how you can please him that you might find his favor? Don't try. Come to him, he said. What does it mean to come to him? It means accept his leadership. Trust his rulership. And from his own very words, take my yoke upon you. This is a picture of a farmer to an oxen. Take my yoke. He was telling me, he was telling us, work for me. Live for me. You don't need to be afraid of me. You see, if you take me as your Lord, I will not oppress you. I will not take advantage of you. For I am humble and meek. Take my yoke for it is easy. And my burden is light. And you shall find rest in your soul. That is exactly what the Lord Jesus Christ is saying. Learn from me and do it my way. That's because I know exactly what fits you. Because I designed you. I created you. This is what he said. Learn from me for I am humble and meek. You do it my way. You follow my ways. Now, some of us are afraid to come to Jesus because many of the so-called Christians or followers of Jesus appear overburdened with so many things in this world like do's and don'ts. There's so many do's, there's so many don'ts. There's so many things that makes them so burdened in this life. That's not what true Christianity is. Real Christians turn their burdens over to Jesus. And their burden becomes light because Jesus carries them all. Just follow him and don't feel pressured with so many earthly demands or trying to get the approval of men. Do what he says. Leave the result to him and he will do the rest. It's so simple. It's more simple because you are just focusing on one person. Now, if your object of faith is right, then your fear is on him. And not on anything else. And surely you are blessed. Now, Robert Morgan beautifully wrote this article in his book, 
uh, from this verse. And this is what it says. Few men have encountered more dangers, delays, and difficulties than Alexander Mackay. An engineer sent to Africa in 1876 by Scotland Church Missionary Society. He labored through it all, never returning to Scotland, but leaving behind, behind him a legacy of solid missionary work. When he arrived in Entebbe, capital of Uganda, King Mateza welcomed him and gave him wide freedom to preach the gospel. Mackay was surrounded by children and everyone, young and old, longed to hear his message. Soon, a church was established and Mackay was busy translating the scriptures. But all that changed when King Mateza died and was replaced by his cruel 18-year-old son, Mwanga. Imagine during his reign, 30 boys, Mackay's young disciples, were roasted alive for resisting Mawanga's homosexual passions. Three other boys were tortured before death, having their arms cut off in front of a cheering mob. Others among his converts were strangled or clubbed to death. And now Mawanga's was rumored to have Bakay in his sight. Almost beside himself with grief, the missionary fell to his knees. His Bible opened before him. The passage he read was Isaiah 51. And look at the words. Listen to me, you who know righteousness. You people in whose heart is my law. These are people who trust in God, whose faith is in God, and his, their fear is in the word of God. Do not fear the reproach of men, nor be afraid of their insults. I, even I, am he who comforts you. Who are you that you should be afraid of a man who will die and of the son of man who will be made like grass? I am the Lord your God. I have put my words in your mouth. I have covered you with the shadow of my hand. You know, when, when Alexander Mackay read that, he rose from his knees to continue his work. And he said, with such a promise and such a God, who shall be afraid? You see, friends, once you have that faith in God and your fear is only in God, now you will never be afraid of anything else. You see, the word, the, 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 you see, the God we serve is not only our God. He is our Father. Because of Jesus, we were given the rights to be His children. So let us come to God with confidence. Whenever we are afraid of anything other than God. You see, friends, it's time to come to God in prayer, in meditation of His words, promises, His attributes, and if necessary, fast, so that we can get to know Him more. And the more we confident we become. You know, I'm so blessed with this, you know, uh, what they call this quarantine. At least you have all the time to pray, to meditate on the Lord. And it's a great blessing. You know, for quite some time, everybody is busy. And even if God, the Lord would come anytime soon, this is the best time for the Lord to, to, uh, no, to, to fulfill his, you know, his prophecy. If my eschatology is right, that there would be rapture, wow, then praise God, this would be the best time. You know why? Because there are no flights. So if that happens, 
there would be less accident, di ba? Tapos di lang yon, even in cars, only few, if ever. So, I'm not saying that he would be coming anytime soon, but I'm saying he, he might, but at least we're all prepared. You know why? Because for us to live is Christ, to die is gain. So there's no difference. You see, friends, God is never surprised by our circumstances. You know, that's why we become more confident in him. The more we meditate on him, the more we, we, we read his words, the more we see his character, the more we get excited to see him. And that's why instead of, You know, spending time watching TV, watching. I'm not saying that you should not watch. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is don't waste your time feeding your fears, feeding your hearts with drama. You know, friends, you see, you feed yourself with attributes of God, the words of God, promises of God. You see, look at this. God is never surprised by our circumstances. He wasn't surprised by the inability, our inability to gather together in a building facility that we have. You know why God was not surprised? You know, out of the generosity of his people, we were able to prepare ourselves with the equipments that we can still use that, to connect with one another, just like what we're doing right now. This is God's blessing. You see, friends, I praise God for the generosity of the CCFers, of the members of the CCF. They never failed to help. They never failed to give to the ministry. That's why we have this. You see, the Lord is, wasn't surprised by this pandemic. He wasn't surprised by the plague, missiles, moms, small smallpox, wine, swine flu, and obviously even with this COVID-19 virus. He's not surprised. Our God has not lost control. Neither should we. We should never lose control. Now let me end with this story written by C.P. Hia. There was a comfortable plane ride which was about to get bumpy. The voice of the captain interrupted in flight beverage service and asked passenger to make sure their seat belts were fastened. Soon the place began to roll and pitch like a ship on a wind-weep ocean. While the rest of the passengers were doing their best to deal with the turbulence, a little girl sat through it, all reading her book. Now, after the plane landed, she was asked why she had been able to be so calm. She responded, you know what? My daddy is the pilot and he's taking me home. Now, going back to a story of the, about the disciples of Jesus, though most of them were seasoned fishermen, they were terrified the day a storm threatened to swamp their boat. They were following Jesus' instructions. Why, why was this happening, they were saying? Why was... He was with them, but he was asleep at the stern of the craft. You see, friends, the disciples were following Jesus without the full knowledge of who he is. They followed without knowing fully well that he is the one who created the oceans, the currents, the winds, and waves, and was in the little ship with them that day. Obviously, listen to this, the, one, the ship won't sink with the creator on board. If you, if the creator, if God himself is in you, in us, do you think we would sing? Jesus was sleeping from, for the storm, did not distress him at all. He did not allow the situation to distress him because he knew the end. He knows the end. So no matter how earth shattering our problems, do not cause our God to fear. Oh, ye of little faith. Look what happened. They all stayed in the boat. 
they all continued the journey and they all reached the other side. You see, friends, even if the Lord comes today or maybe soon or maybe someday, one thing for sure, the Lord will see us through to accomplish His will in our lives if we will just trust Him fully. The circumstances of the world around us should not affect our faith in God and His ability cause us to reach the intention He has for our lives. That's why the disciples learned that day that it's not true that when, when they do or when we do our, uh, as our Lord says, there will be no storms in our lives. That's not true. As we obey God, storms are still there. Yet, because He was with them, they also learned, hopefully, that storms did, don't stop us from getting to where our Lord wants us to go. Just like us. God wants us to make disciples. Our present condition, our quarantine should never stop us because the word of God is not quarantine. It's already been clean. It, in fact, it cleanses people. That's why we will never stop. We will never stop sharing even in this means. Whether the storms we're encountering today is something beyond our control or even beyond the control of those in authority, if we put our faith in Jesus, our pilot, we should also have nothing to fear other than God. We should take his words with fear and trembling instead of fearing the words of this world, the words of the people around us. But remember, he will surely get us home. How long will we last? We will last as long as Jesus is alive. And because he lives, we can face tomorrow. Have faith in God. Believe in Jesus. And fear nothing else but the Lord. Take his word seriously. And you will surely stand forever. Well, friends and brethren, you can chat with us via Facebook Messenger. We really love to pray and talk with you. And please follow us also in our CCF Facebook for more inspiring and encouraging content. And I hope that this would really help us all the more seek God's face. Enjoy your time in quarantine. Enjoy, in the, enjoy God in His presence. Can we just pray together before we, we say goodbye for a while uh, for, for the, for the, at this time? And so you just, just ask God to fill our time together with His presence. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for reminding us that you, are, you alone are the right object of our faith. And if we truly believe in you, if we truly trust you, surely our fear will only be on you. Allow us not, Father God, to lose focus on who you are, on what you can do. Allow us not to forget what you are capable of doing. For indeed, you are in control. You are powerful. Thank you, Lord God, that nothing can ever stop you. And because you are with us, who can be against us? Thank you, Jesus, that indeed the end is victory. We love you, Lord, because you first love us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Guys, hope to see you again. God bless.